You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast. This is Grolix Nights, our interview series. And today we are, or tonight, I guess you could say, we are joined, we being me, are joined by uh, Vince Dorse, who is the creator of, amongst other things, The Untold Tales of Bigfoot. How's it going? It's going all right. How's it going with you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, obviously, it's I don't have the other co-hosts here. It's just me and Vince. But we're going to talk about Bigfoot and his Kickstarter and uh, and a couple of other things. So first, uh, you're you're a freelance, uh, I guess, illustrator might yeah. be the best way. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was looking up information, you know, for this interview and checking up on me. Yeah, I was. I was doing a background check, running numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have you have you've done a lot of a lot of work, a lot of different things. Like, what did I come across? Uh, Morales, uh, a card. Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. I've done some games. Yeah, some game illustrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, I just did another game with that same guy, uh, based on uh, uh, agility competition for dogs. It's uh, the game's called Agility, oh. and uh, actually, that's I think that was kickstarted just late last year, and it should be out now. And obviously, with our focus, with the focus of Grolix Podcast, the main thing we'll talk about is your web comic, which. Which we talked about way back in episode three. Yeah. Um, we kind of recommended it to people and, uh, untold tales of Bigfoot. Before we get too much into Bigfoot specifically, is this, was that your first foray into doing a, like an ongoing webcomic? Yes. It was, it was my very first. What led you towards webcomics? Oh, I, you know, I, I had, there were, I had some illustrator friends. Uh, Pat Lewis, actually, he's an illustrator. He, he does, he has his own webcomic or he had his own webcomic. He works for highlights for kids. And, uh, he, I was always looking at his stuff and he was doing a lot of comics, even just as personal work, not even just for assignments, but for personal work. And it just, it looks like so much fun. And I, I hadn't really done anything formalized like that. So I, I thought, oh, it, it would be a fun experiment, something to play around with. And I had, you know, I had some story ideas and I thought it was the perfect way to uh to experiment with that what inspired the characters of bigfoot i guess what inspired you to go with bigfoot and then also a a tag on like where did scout come from i had done some sketches bigfoot was a sketch that i drew uh you know specifically to draw a bigfoot and i looked at him just for fun i looked at him and i thought that he would be fun to write a story for and i guess the fact that at the time i was spending most of my days here, I was spending like here alone in this cave drawing pictures, uh, not really talking to a lot of people, stomping around with my size 14s. And I thought I could relate to this guy. I could do a story about this guy. But uh, but Scout is really an amalgam of a couple of of animals. He my my first and only uh, puppy I had when I was a kid. He had the the long ears, the floppy ears, and the the big nose. Um, just a great great little dog and more recently uh i had a cat that uh was given to me 
And uh, I didn't really, I, I was not a cat person. I, you know, ever since uh, the my my dog had gone when I was a kid, uh, I, I didn't really think I could handle taking care of animals. But uh, this cat was kind of thrust upon me and we really became like the best buddies ever. And it was in the wake of the loss of that cat that I really started writing this story. So I think a lot of, of Untold Tales of Bigfoot is in part my attempt to get back together with these, you know, these little guys that, that meant so much to me. So it's a little bit of wish fulfillment, maybe a little therapy. Oh, interesting. Untold Tales of Bigfoot has a lot of heart. So it's, it's interesting to hear that it comes from kind of that emotional place. Yeah, I think when I when I first started it, the jokes were a little more broad. You know, there was a little more, I guess I was going for sort of a gag thing early on, kind of, even though I knew it was going to be long form. But really, the more I worked on it, the more of myself I started pouring into it. And it really made it personal. And uh, I think that's what worked for it for me. So Bigfoot, any thoughts on the existence of Sasquatch? I, you know, a lot of people ask me this. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I'm no authority, but I I guess I choose to believe that Almost anything is possible because mostly I choose that because it's more fun. It's more fun to think that there are still some mysteries in the world, that there's still, you know, uncharted islands somewhere or undersea monsters. It, I mean, it's not like I know everything. So it, there's a possibility. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what about you? Where do you fall on that question? I, I guess it would be kind of in line with, with, with your answer there. Uh, it, it seems, uh, unlikely that we haven't come across more empirical evidence but man the the world is a much more fun place when you believe yeah. in bigfoot and stuff like that so yeah, it's just it's so much more magical that mm -hmm. way i have a friend actually he has a son i think maybe when his kid was four or five uh the kid got i don't know spooked by a horror movie or something and asked his dad uh when he was tucking him in at night asked him if there were really ghosts and i guess the the easiest answer would have been uh, like no because that, you know, that puts the kid at ease and, mm -hmm. and lets him go to sleep. But my friend said when when his, his son asked him the question, he was he thought to himself, he's like, well, what do I know? Maybe there are like maybe there's ghosts in the room right now. I don't you know, I don't want to lie to this kid and then face some sort of cosmic retribution. So I think he ended up saying something like, you know, nobody knows for sure if there are ghosts or not. But if there are. You know, they're not interested in hurting you and they may just be family visiting you and watching over you. And I think that answer, it's it's certainly it's the long way around, mm -hmm. but it's a lot more entertaining, I think, than no. So yeah, I, I kind of like thinking of things like that. How long have you been working on Untold Tales of Bigfoot? I, I could be wrong, but I want to say 2012, maybe when the comic started, yeah. went up. Yeah, 2012, it went up. And that first book ran a little over two and a half years, I think. And then I started posting shorts, but it's been in a, on a little bit of a hiatus because I'm, I'm prepping it for print. And that is a lot more work than I thought it would be. Mm. But uh, I, I still try to put something up every once in a while. But once this this printed version hopefully uh, gets out, I'll be able to go back to some more regular posting. For the book, for the physical book, you've tweaked some of the artwork and you've added some pages and a whole new character. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I guess. Yeah. I mean, the new stuff, I think there's about 10 pages or so extra and they're either you know expanded scenes or characters that i thought i didn't give enough time to when i first posted them online mm, okay. or or like new scenes that help tie different parts of the story together i think it's just me tweaking the story to make it a little stronger like you know there's a there's the forest ranger character in the book and originally he makes his entrance maybe halfway through the book 
but it started feeling a little late to me, maybe a little soft, like he deserved a better introduction. So I went back, and a couple of the new pages are me bringing him into the story a little earlier, uh, setting up his character a little better, and also introducing uh, another ranger character who is probably going to be a big part of book two. So it's stuff like that, and it's oh, you know stuff like the mountain lion battle, which originally was maybe like a page and a half, maybe a, a couple pages online. And I think when I was posting it online, you know, it was a weekly thing. So, you know, maybe two or three weeks would go by and I would think, you know, I got to get off this mountain lion thing. But when you, when you go back and look at it as a whole, you know, it just zips by, it just flew by too quickly. So I added a few more pages of uh, some bloodthirsty brawling to give it a little more weight. Oh, nice. It was something I was thinking about when I was reading, because I was reading a little bit about the new pages and the artwork and stuff. And, um, you have a, you have a post on Untold Tales of Bigfoot.com about, um, the various art tweaks and stuff. Yeah. I'm not a, um, illustrator, but working on various things, I understand the impulse to constantly like go back and, yeah. and tweak old work and fix it. And like, well, I can improve this here. Does now that you're putting it out in a physical book, uh, does that feel like you can stop messing with it? Or are you still going to be like uh, uh, tempted to go back and mess with the, the online version? <laughs> that, the urge to tweak things is really strong in me. Like it's a constant thing. I'm, I, I actually, before this call, I was, I was working on one of the pages of the book. I was just going over it and thinking, eh, this, <laughs> this so yeah, I don't know. Like, and that's the thing. Uh, when you, uh, when you first started talking about the comic online, I was only a, a few weeks into it, I think. And it was real, it was, you gave me a real nice review. And even back then I was going back over the pages and just nudging things to the left or right or, or messing with the design. So, uh, I said this recently, there really hasn't been a solid definitive version of this story yet, uh, that hasn't been altered and tweaked and changed. And I think that this, this physical book, this printed book, I guess that will be mm. the, the final definitive version. And that actually drives me crazy. I know that I I should probably relax and realize, well, now I don't, I can't tweak it. So just relax. But I know in, in like a month after I print it, I'll look at it and think, ah, that thing right there. Mm. I could, should have changed that. That is such a common trait. I find talking to different artists and, um, yeah, I hear it a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think because I think hopefully if you're constantly growing or or changing and getting better at what you do, or at least changing your style around, you know, the old stuff is is probably not going to continue satisfying you forever. Yeah. One likes to think they're always improving. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I guess along those lines, which aspect of working on Untold Tales uh, do you find more difficult, the writing or the illustrating? Well, you know, they they both have pitfalls, I think, that you can fall into. Like the trickiest part about writing, writing the story, especially the dialogue is that, uh, not everybody gets this, I don't think, but Bigfoot and Scout don't really talk to each other like other cartoon characters do. It's not like Mickey Mouse talking to Goofy. It's more like a Mickey Pluto situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes constructing a scene between the two of them gets hairy because you have to figure out how to, how like a minimally verbal Bigfoot communicates with essentially just a barky little dog. So a lot of it is body language and tone and, and setting. And so it's, it's, it's really how we communicate with our own animals. Mm. Uh, 
So, you know, it just takes a little work. So that's, that's tricky sometimes, but I think that, you know, as far as like what's more difficult, the drawing just takes so long. It's just so time consuming that like you can strike upon a pretty good idea in just an instant and it just happens and it starts unfolding in your head and, and all the possibilities uh, instantaneously. But, you know, when you go to put that idea down as images, as much as I enjoy it, it always feels like that's when the heavy lifting really starts and when you have to, you have to lay images down on the page and it just takes forever. Oh, sure. Uh, speaking of that heavy lifting, um, what's your process like for, for doing the illustration? It's pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I, I sketch on paper still. I know I could do all of that sketching and layout in Manga Studio, but I, I just, I like the feel of pencil on paper and I like working on the comic wherever I am and I always have a sketchbook with me. Uh, beyond that, it's pretty standard. I think what everybody does, you know, scan it, ink it in the computer. I'll probably move to Manga Studio, you know, for, in the future for most of my inking. But this first book, I inked it in Corel Painter, which I was told early on, you can't use to make comics for some reason. Uh, that was the advice I was given, but I, I, I've always been of that school, like whatever works and, and that, that worked for me. So, uh, yeah, and I colored it in Photoshop. So it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. I, I think it mirrors a lot of people's process. Hmm. And how about, um, the process of writing the story? My writing process is, it's kind of part of the sketching stage. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm laying out pages and sketching characters, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm laying out the ideas for what they're going to say. I kind of have a vague idea of what a page has to say, uh, mostly the feel of where the story has to go. And I'll, I'll write the panels as I sketch them and I'll change them and I'll move things around. And it, it feels really organic to me that way. It kind of feels live. And I don't, I, I really don't know if I would like separating the writing and the drawing. Like I don't think I could like type out a script and then draw from that script. I don't, that feels stiff to me. It feels really disconnected. So I don't think I could do that. I know that some people work really well like that. Uh, not me though. Interesting. Okay. And we talked a little bit about, um, or, or did we talk about it? I've looked up so much information. And then we also, I must have looked up a bunch of information when we discussed the webcomic before that when I was coming up with some questions, I was like, do we, have we already talked about this? And I was like, wait, we've never talked to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember you early on, you said, ah, oh, we should have him on the show, but I, I never got the invite. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't get a, like, we, we don't get to have as many guests on as we would like. And that's mainly because, um, the schedule in which we can get all of us together. Uh, oh, you don't have to make excuses. I, oh, I, no. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm terrible at these. You probably made a wise decision. <laughs> no, I think this is going great so far. But honestly, though, like we would like to have more more guests on. But I'd like to be able to do the show more than because for the most part we're once a month, and I wish we could do more episodes. But it's just a matter of scheduling. But I'm glad we could finally finally have you on. You guys have a really good energy though for something that only happens once a month. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's just like built up energy of of getting back together and doing it, but it's always like really explosive, uh, like really kinetic. So, oh, good. That's 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 good. And you know, I've I've mentioned. And I hope I don't sink that ship. I'm sinking that ship right now. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I worry about like you know because I I told you we we edit the show and and to kind of well most of the time we edit the show to kind of smooth it out. I worry about over editing the life out of it. Right. Um. So I'm I'm glad to have hear you say that. 
Now you began on Untold Tales of Bigfoot as part of like a, a kind of a private storytelling exercise. Yeah. yeah. Um, at what point did you realize it'd become something beyond that? You know, I guess when people, I guess when people started, you know, they started following the comic and telling me how much they enjoyed it. Like that was, that was one level because, and I think the interaction with the online readers was really good for me in the story. And, and when other people started talking about it, uh, like, like you guys, like someone tipped me off that you were talking about it on your podcast. I, I really liked that. And, uh, and I think within that first year, I, you know, there were two separate, uh, award nominations and I thought, what, what the heck's going on? So, <laughs> you know, that, that real, I, I mean, at that point I was like, I guess I got to keep doing this. You know, it's fun, you know, but, but you know, I, I didn't have any intention of stopping, but it seemed to be, you know, rolling along on its own steam at that point. So yeah, that's when it, it seemed like it was less just about me trying something out and more about me trying to entertain people and engage them. And I think it was good for the comic. It really was because, I mean, it was good for me too, because I think Bigfoot in the story goes from being like a fairly nonverbal hermit to a more talkative, interactive person. And I think that metamorphosis was kind of mirrored in my own uh, life. So it was really great getting feedback from people that felt they were part of the process. And, and I fed off of that energy. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you've been very open as, you know, coming from a, a reader of it, you've been very open on, on Twitter and, and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been great engaging with you. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that Twitter. I didn't, uh, I, I had like maybe three followers when I started the comic. So it really expanded. All right. So what made you decide to go ahead and take the dive at, at kickstarting this thing? You know, early on with the comic, within the first few months, I had people asking if it was going to be in print. And I, I designed it for print. You know, like the pages, they're not like the traditional panel gag or the strip format that I was seeing with with a lot of web comics. So I guess in the back of my head, I had always planned on on printing it. Mm. But uh also, what's what's not evident when you see it in the page a week format is that a lot of the pages are designed as half of a two page spread. So so if we do get this printed, it'll be a lot more evident in the printed version that the left and right side of the page work together as a whole, whether it's through the mood or colors or setting or whatever. So I you know I just I guess I really wanted people to see that, and I think that they'll have a whole new experience of the comic. Once it's laid out in print and Kickstarter seemed like, you know, the way to do it. It's just where I get a lot of the graphic novels that I'm reading now. So, you know, it, it seemed like it made sense. That was one of my first impressions is for one, it's, it's gorgeous. The artwork is gorgeous. Thank you. And you do like, you obviously have the, like the full page layouts and you can tell it just feels like, like I obviously like it was intended to be in, in a book or at least read in that kind of format. Yeah. Yeah. I was always hoping for that. Is this your first Kickstarter? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's my first. <laughs> yeah. Man. You know, all, all the people who warned me about how much work it would be really undersold it. <laughs> and they, and they, and you couldn't tell they were underselling it because they were, they were really saying, look, it's a lot of work, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but Kickstarter will rob you of sleep and it makes you dream in budget numbers and oh. you'll start memorizing shipping tables. It's just, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot of work. But that said, though, we're getting a, a great response and a lot of support. Like I think right now, I haven't checked today, but I, I think it's 79% funded. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And 
I don't, just in case we haven't said, um, obviously you're kickstarting the first, the first book yeah. of, of Untold Tales of Bigfoot. Um, you can find the campaign on Kickstarter people and also, um, have a link to it, of course, in the show notes. And when this episode goes up, there will be 15 days left in the campaign. I think so. Yeah. At this point in the process, do you see yourself doing another, uh, crowdfunding campaign in the future? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> this is like it's, the worst time to ask somebody who's it doing really it. It really is. It's too. a lot more, it's a lot more work than just drawing pictures. That's mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I like it. I think it's a great way for people who, you know, don't have, you know, a publishing company to back them. It's a great way for them to get their ideas out to the people that, that want to see them. I, I, I don't think it's, it's a, if I've got something that people genuinely want, yeah. It's not a forum though for every half-baked idea that comes into my brain, but, uh, yeah, I, I could see doing that again. We should talk a little bit about some of your, uh, rewards tiers for the Kickstarter because Melanie and I were looking through it and I was impressed and kind of blown away by the amount of like, and these copies of the book will have an ink drawing and then I'll send you a caricature and I'll send you a drawing yeah. of this. Like, yeah, a lot of extras and a lot of them. I'm assuming includes some hand cramping on your behalf. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of started noticing that after I started setting up the tiers, I thought, wow, that is a lot of drawing, but you know, that's what I do. Like all day long, I'm drawing anyway. I figured, figured I might as well put it to use. So yeah, they're like, there are some tiers where, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ink a drawing in your, in your book, you know, Bigfoot or Scout or something like that. And then the tier above that, uh, you have an option of me drawing you or your friend or your spouse or your kid or whatever at, in the woods with Bigfoot and Scout. Oh, the naturalist and, tier. Yeah, the naturalist. That, I tier. love that one. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, 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 actually, a lot of people are jumping on that one. That one seems like the most fun to me. Like, if I weren't me, I would love to have a picture of me hanging out with Bigfoot and Scout. And 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 beyond that, I think I'm also offering at least two tiers where. In addition to the ink drawing in your book and the caricature of you in the woods with Bigfoot, you could also get a, a commission. Just I'll draw any single character that you want. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of drawing, uh, in my future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I imagine, but I love it. I love doing it. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that people will, will jump on those. I, I just, I, I just, I really enjoy it, and uh, I don't mind cramping my hand for that reason. Now, could you talk a little bit about this cross promotion with Sidekick Quests? Because this is a great idea, and I don't think—I mean, I'm sure maybe other people have done this before, but I don't think I've ever noticed this myself. You know what? I, I noticed, I've noticed that you know sometimes I will get updates for Kickstarters that I'm backing. And, uh, the update will be, Hey, everybody, uh, we're doing great. We're at, you know, 80%. Uh, while you're out there uh, on the web, take a look at my friend's Kickstarter, who is, uh, you know, I think you'll enjoy that too. I've seen that all along. It's kind of a real, everybody's in this together sort of feeling. And I've always enjoyed that. And, uh, James Stowe, whose comic is Sidekick Quests. It's kind of a role playing based comic. Uh, he came to me with the idea. And I have, I've always gotten a lot of support from the webcomic community and I've always tried to support all the folks that, uh, that are out there. And, you know, I'm not going to say no. Jim's got a, a great all ages comic. It's a beautiful product with the book. And, you know, he came to me 
and it just seemed like a good fit. The now coming at it from like as an outsider to it, and then also seeing Jesse, who's who's uh, you know, he's he's got a web comic, so he's much more kind of inside. The web comic community is seems like one of the most incredibly um supportive communities online that I've it really seen. is. It re- it really is. I, I I was shocked. Um, I just you know that I was instantly embraced by you know hundreds of people who were very generous with their advice and their time and uh, and their support. Uh, I, I have nothing negative to say about it whatsoever. Even uh, towards us as a podcast, and sadly, we we haven't been covering a lot of webcomic stuff. It's just kind of something. It's something that we just haven't worked into the last several episodes. Even us, when we when we kind of do our webcomic shoutouts and stuff, like um, we'd see a lot of a lot of positive uh, feedback from from that community. Yeah, I think I think everyone's really mutually supportive. Uh maybe it's that what's that saying about a rising tide lifts all boats? Mm, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. Whatever it is, it seems genuine too. It doesn't just seem like uh a very selfish self-promotional thing. It seems like genuine interest uh for other people's work. Kind of on that topic, what are some other um web comics that uh, you would recommend to readers who enjoy Untold Tales of Bigfoot. Well, Jim's uh, Sidekick Quests is a lot of fun, and uh, it's all ages. If you if if it's you're looking for something else that's all ages, like Untold Tales of Bigfoot, Rich. Oh man, I'm gonna butcher his name. <laughs> Clubba, Clubba, Club. I don't. Know, I Rich's Graveyard Gang is. Uh, it's a fun, spooky all ages comic. It's like there's a gang of goofy kids who encounter monsters. It's kind of got this real Scooby-Doo sensibility to it. It's very stylized. I enjoy that one. I enjoy, oh, I'm a fan of, uh, have you ever read Tethered by Natasha, is it Dancy? Darcy? Dancy? It's, uh, takes place, uh, in the future, uh, kind of a post-war dystopian Great Britain. And there's a woman and a, a medical droid. They're teaming up to survive all kinds of craziness. That one gets a little dark. I, I think it's probably all ages. As well, but uh, but I really enjoy that one. I enjoy Sean O'Neill's Rocket Robinson. Have you ever read that? Uh-uh. Oh, man. Good stuff out there. There's so much good stuff. That's uh, I think it takes place in the 20s or 30s. Uh, it's a young kid. Uh, it's mystery and intrigue in uh, Egypt. Good stuff. Kind of like an Indiana Jones feel to that. I could probably go on all night, but those are some really good ones that I think people that like Untold Tales of Bigfoot would also enjoy. Yeah, I'll have to check those out. Yeah, definitely. I guess on the flip side, are you are you a comic book reader? I uh, you know what I don't read as much comics now uh, as I used to. As, not as many, mm-hmm. and and when I do, I kind of gravitate toward short runs and limited series. I think if they're just easier, uh, invest decades into the story. Uh, like graphic novels and miniseries work great for me. Uh, uh, did you ever read? Um, let's see, the Fade Out. It's a it's a period crime drama by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Yeah, that, not not too long ago, I want to say I read the first the first volume of that. The first book. that was solid. I really yeah. liked that. Yeah, and there was a there was another a very similar sort of period crime piece called Lady Killer. I think that was like a six issue miniseries by Joelle Jones and Jamie Rich. I love that. Uh, right now, I'm also reading currently. Uh, there's an all ages book called The Baker Street Peculiars. Um, actually, it's another weird period crime thing kind of a victorian thing hmm. and uh 
I'm looking forward to Afterlife with Archie and Sabrina coming back from their hiatus. Oh, yeah, yeah. That stuff's crazy good. Uh, but yeah, I don't really, I mean, I like the Batman and Spider-Man stuff, but I, it's, I, like, I can leave those titles alone for 10 years and come back and essentially they're the same. Yeah. So yep. they're not hard to pick back up again, but those, those shorts, those feel like the gems to me, like those little four issue miniseries and graphic novels that are maybe just one-offs that that's what I'm really drawn to, I think. How about television or movies? Have you seen anything lately? Or are you really into anything, uh, currently on? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't really, I don't watch, I don't think I have a steady thing that I have to see all the time, except Rick and Morty, I suppose. Oh yeah. Whenever Rick and that's Morty's on, great. Gotta watch that, whether it's a repeat or whatever. But, you know, I have a friend who unaccountably missed all of the Marvel Netflix stuff, the, the two seasons of Daredevil and the Jessica Jones. Uh-huh. So I, I'm getting to watch, to rewatch that with that person and that's that's great those things are actually much better the second time through really i was yeah, yeah. i was just about to ask i've i've seen i've only watched them all once so i yeah. was wondering how they held up on two that's, that's what i was thinking like i saw them and i just kept telling this person just watch them just watch them but you know they came over here to watch them and i was instantly hooked again and oh, nice. you start to see like all of the stuff that the first time you saw it, like these incidental comments that were made or, or scenes that didn't mean much the first time through. The second time, they have all this import and, and, uh, it, it means a lot more the second time through. So yeah, definitely watch those again. The same thing with, uh, uh, what's that other show? Fargo. I got to watch Fargo the second time through the, the series mm-hmm. on, um, I forget what, is it FX? Yeah, I think it's FX. Yeah. FX. Man, the second time through on that is great as well. You know, it just never gets dull. Brilliant stuff. I haven't, I haven't watched that at all. Oh man. I, I mean, I've heard good things. I'm not sure what's been stopping me from watching it, but I might have to, I might have to check that out. Yeah. Those are really solid. Those are, that's really good storytelling. Uh, do you have a dream project? Something that you, you'd like to do or perhaps you've tried to do and it just hasn't like gotten off the ground? Well, of course I'd love to do another long form. Bigfoot story. I've got another story in the in the outline stages that I would love to do. You know, that first book, Untold Tales of Bigfoot, book one, was that was really it kind of explored Scout's journey. And I really think that I'd like to give Bigfoot a little more page time. Oh, so, nice. so there's that. But but other than that, I would love to have the time to uh to get more, you know, like short comics and and other other stories like especially some spooky stuff i have a ton of spooky stories that i would love to put down on paper and collect those but you know it's just so much time well i would like to read some of your spooky stories yeah it's a lot of fun writing that stuff okay so what is next for you be it bigfoot or or something else right now i'm ultra focused on trying to get this first bigfoot book into print Mm -hmm. but after that i uh, i'm certain that i want to keep doing uh, more comics, more Bigfoot comics, of course. And I, I also had fun a couple years ago. I, I had fun doing a, a spooky Halloween story for Inktober. Uh, and that's up online somewhere in bits and pieces, but I'm really thinking about putting that into print, you know, just not running a Kickstarter. You know, I don't think it got enough press for that, but just, just getting it into print as something else for people to get their hands on. And, uh, Beyond that, I think I think some sleep would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've talked to we've talked to a couple other people while they were in the middle of their Kickstarter campaigns. Yeah, and it's it's pretty much the same story across the board. It sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, 
It is. Uh, I don't know if you know Ryan Fisher, who did Torchlight Lullaby. He he uh, he kickstarted that thing, and he warned me the whole time. It was just, you know, I didn't believe him. He said he didn't sleep for two days, and re- literally the first two days of of my Kickstarter, I I maybe got a couple hours sleep. It was crazy. Wow. Like you said, you're at seventy nine. Seventy nine percent right now. Percent funded now. I'm quite confident you'll get there. I'm uh, glad you're confident because. <laughs> I'm trembling. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I imagine, but you know, like you've you've definitely had a very strong opening on this thing, and mm-hmm. they say a majority of the funding comes at the end of the campaign, and so you've you still got you know you're you're just now hitting the halfway mark. Um, I'm I'm almost guarantee. Well, you know, I my guarantee does you no good, but I guarantee <laughs> it'll get funded. Um, wow. And you that would be fantastic. And you don't have to talk about what they are, but do you have like uh different stretch goals and stuff in mind? Yeah, you know, I uh I have this vision for a book that I I've 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 backed some projects where they have had this beautiful French fold cover and uh you know, it's kind of it makes it kind of like mock uh jacket flaps and it's got a lot of interior art on the cover. I I've seen those things and it just I love getting books like that with this just that little extra bit of special to them and mm-hmm. I would love to do a version of Bigfoot with with a cover like that. Uh I mean I've already got some some you know I've I've budgeted out for decent paperweight and and color but you know a really nice cover would be fantastic. I I think people would like that too. Yeah, that's so. That's just one of my stretch goals. If if I can even get that far, I will dance a jig. But <laughs> but you know, the, the basic book right now would be wonderful for me. But yeah, a nicer version of that book would be a great stretch goal for me, and hopefully for the people that are supporting it. The episode that just came out for the listener for us, it'll be out tomorrow. We gave you a sh- we gave you in the sh- Kickstarter a shout out on that episode. And we kind of joked a little bit. It's like, why did it take so long to get this book out? <laughs> because when we first talked about it, and it, and it's, it plays into exactly what you were saying is people right away were like, this looks great. This would make a wonderful book. When I seen you were doing a Kickstarter, I was just thrilled because it is like the story is fantastic and engaging. The artwork is wonderful. This needs to be a book. So I was just thrilled when I seen you were actually doing the Kickstarter for it. There's actually a really good reason why it took so long. Beside me going back, my going back and, and tweaking the art and the writing, uh, there was a point where it was, it was almost a full year where this particular book was in the hands of a few different publishers who were considering it. And, uh, it was one of those things where we really enjoy this story and we love your artwork. Let us take it to a pitch meeting and see what we can do. And it was just, it went around the horn so many times. And it was always, uh, well, you know, there's going to be a delay here and a delay there. And it was almost a full year before, you know, for whatever reason, none of that worked out. So I probably, if that, if I hadn't gone that route to begin with, the Kickstarter might have begun earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought I might as well give it a shot. Well, and maybe that's just kind of how the publishing world works. I don't really know anything about it, but it's crazy to me that they, a publisher wouldn't grab this and just jump on it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I got, it got a lot of favorable reviews from a lot of nice people in the industry. And, uh, you know, even that was, was, was almost nice enough. So even if they didn't publish it, the things they said about it were, uh, were really encouraging. So, you know, I, I feel like, 
I feel like once it's out in printed form, maybe it will uh, gain a, a second life. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I, I think a lot of people wanted it in book form that uh, just haven't read it online. I have a friend who's a, uh, a grade school teacher, and you would think that those kids would be all about viewing things online, but whenever uh, she wears, you know, one of the T-shirts, the Untold Tales of Bigfoot T-shirts, and they, they love the characters, they want to know, can I go buy a book somewhere? So maybe the book is a good thing, just getting it in print. Where can people find you online? I haven't updated it. I've been a little lax in updating it lately, but my regular portfolio site is just vincedorse.com. Mostly it's kind of children's illustration kind of stuff, but uh, the comic stuff I toss. Uh, all the Bigfoot stuff is on untoldtalesofbigfoot.com. And, but I also started a Tumblr for random, like one pagers and two pagers, because every once in a while I would have the time to scratch some of those out. So vincedorse.tumblr. And if you're a glutton for punishment, I also have a process blog where I experiment with different stuff and I post the results. Uh, vincedorse.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. I, I basically, I post everything from how I make comics to uh, experimenting with Copic markers or trying out new software. I think I did a post on my writing process once. So if you're a process geek, it's probably a good place to visit. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, your WordPress site is awesome. I was looking through that last night at specifically the post where you had done kind of a uh, kind of a one-panel thing in the style of like a political cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah, that was for a, a, a local newspaper illustration. Yeah, I, I try to break that stuff down, and uh, I mean not because I'm a genius or because I have all the answers, but I love reading through other people's mm. process stuff. I mean, that's how I learn stuff now. And I figure if I can help people, you know, avoid mistakes or or learn a little bit, you know, I'm all for that. Yeah, I found it fascinating. And you, you detailed like every step you had the pencils. And yeah, it was I thought that was fantastic. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks for joining us. Joining us, Vince. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for Untold Tales of Bigfoot, because oh. that that the webcomic and the upcoming book, I'm sure it, that it's a pleasure to, to enjoy that. Well, that, that means a lot. It really does. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 4.0 International License. To hear more, visit RollixPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast and like us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Podcast. You guys, you I forget who it was, but you guys, when you first started talking about this uh online i don't know which one of you said that you know i, I kind of get the sense that you know it's it's a sad comic in a lot of ways and i kind of get the sense that uh th- that vince is kind of he kind of enjoys making people sad and i my friend, <laughs> oh yeah my friend, i think you're right yeah. yeah my friends like really latched onto that because they're always saying the exact same thing so i you so whoever that was you totally nailed it <laughs>